Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Round Two podcast. This is your host, Nikki Corbett, and I hope that everyone is doing well this week. You know how, if you listen to this on a regular basis, you know how much I love a Monday and I love getting Mondays started off on the right foot. That's why I publish this early every Monday morning. So here we are and let's go get another week. I am, as always, excited about my guest this week. Uh, her name is Lekka Feynman, and she is truly somebody that I do not know. I got introduced to her. We have a very wonderful mutual friend named Katie, and Katie f- told me, hey, I want you to meet my friend, Lekka. She has a really great story. So she and I spoke on the phone, and we're chatting here right now, but I don't know anything about what she's about to share with us, so I am super excited and ready to learn about her path and where she was going and where she is now and all the great things that she's learned and experienced along the way. So, Lekka, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great to meet you, Nikki. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for willing to give me your, thanks for being willing to give me your time and share your story with us. Sure. Yeah. I hope it can be enlightening or interesting at least to your (laughs) Well, so why don't you talk about, you know, kind of like what was going on and then what happened and what changed as a result? Yeah. uh, Let's see. Where's a good place to start? Well, I guess we can start here and now (laughs) where we are. Uh, Yeah, I'm Lekka and um, I'm 56. I just turned 56 and I am a mom. I'm an athlete. I'm a coach. um, I'm a health and fitness coach. I work with women um, and I specialize in helping women connect with their strength so they can feel healthy inside and out and, you know, show up powerfully through all stages of life. So um, I'm currently in in Palm Springs where my home is. Nice. And I kind of split my time between here and Costa Mesa where my boyfriend lives. And I was just thinking, you know, and talking to you like um, all the changes that I've been through in the past year and a half, I moved here a year and a half ago. And if you had asked me a year and a half ago, you know, what I'd be doing Uh in a few years, I like, I would never have imagined, first of all, that I would be living in Palm Springs. (laughs) And I, it's like, you know, I just think about like, like we were just chatting about like how, you know, suddenly you find yourself at these kind of crossroads in your life and you make a decision and you end up someplace you never thought you'd be. So I never thought I'd be living in the desert. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can kind of trace the steps back. So I, um, I wound up here. Um, let's see, let me back, back up. Um, I grew up in um, Northern California and, um, I kind of called the Bay area home really. I um, grew up in a tiny town called Albion, which is, um, in Mendocino County, like about three oh, okay. miles North of San Francisco. Right. And I, yeah. I lived on the East coast till I was seven. And then I moved to California with my mom. Um, I actually grew up on a hippie commune. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally, you know, different. <laughs> I bet. Um, it was like 140 acres that was like communally owned and there was a school there. So I went to school there and um, and then I went to like public high school. I ended up going to um, UC Santa Cruz for college and then, you know, lived in New York for a while. Um, well, that must have been a big change after big living change. on a commune in Santa yeah. Cruz and then New I, York. You know, I always thought I was going to be an artist. I went to school, I majored in art. Um, but I was always like, you know, active, like I rode mountain bikes and I did yoga and I surfed and 
Um, and then I, I moved to New York um, to study millinery at the Fashion Institute of Technology. I, I wanted to get into that. I ended up getting into the fashion industry and became a wardrobe stylist, which was became my career for about 25 years. I did that. Okay, wait, hold on. What's millinery? I've never heard so of that. Millinery one. is, um, it's the art of making hats. Like it's the core oh. art of making um, headwear. It's okay. The French word millinery. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's, there was this program at the Fashion Institute and I ended up apprenticing with the very famous hat designer, Lola. I worked with her for years and she did a lot of like fashion editorials for all the magazines and worked with all the stylists. So I started handling all of that part of her business. And then I, I started assisting stylists um, and kind of took this, you know, path into the fashion industry for many years, came back to California um, and started my own like freelance styling business in the Bay Area. I met my um, ex, my husband mm-hmm. um, soon after I moved to New York and we, um, we met actually snowboarding. I was in the snowboarding industry for a while. Um, we were both really into snowboarding. He was in sales he was living in Tahoe and then we ended up moving to, um, Oakland together. Okay. So this was 1998. We, um, bought a house together. We, let's say we got pregnant, we bought a house and then we got married all in the same year, 1998. Um, I do not recommend it. It was a lot to take on, but you know, we were young, we were in love. We were like, it was great. We proceeded to, um, start to like tear down the house and renovate it. So I had my first daughter in 1998, Kaya. And um, then I had my second daughter in 2002. And by, there were some, you know, our marriage started to get a little rocky before Ruby was born, my second daughter. Um, But we stayed married for 10 years and wound up, getting divorced in, uh, 2000, let's see, Ruby was born 2008. Yeah. So I got divorced in 2008 and, um, you know, like we had, you and I were just chatted about, right. Like I know you never like get married and then like decide, like it just, I didn't see it. I, I you know, didn't want it. None of us yeah. wanted it. We tried everything. We did all the therapy. We did all the counseling it just, we couldn't make it work. And no, marriage um, isn't usually a life choice that you make thinking like, I'll do this for a while. I'll do this for yeah, the next year. No, I mean, I, you know, I come from a family of divorce. My parents were divorced. So I definitely didn't want that and mm-hmm. didn't want it for my kids. So yeah, it was rough, you know? Um, and I ended up keeping the house. I bought my ex out of the house and it just made sense for me to stay there with the kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sell the house because I wanted a fresh start. There was so much of us, like we had built this house together and it was like, my second daughter was actually born in the house. I had a home birth. Oh, wow. Um, and that year I was 40. Um, so it was really, you know, it's just like this one of the, you know, there's big birthdays, right? It's like these big life yeah. changes. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm 40. Like, do I want to spend the next 10 years with this man? I don't think I can do it. So that mm-hmm. was like, okay, we decided to get divorced. Um, I was also introduced to CrossFit that year. Okay. Um, my baby brother <laughs> introduced me to CrossFit. Um, and that was like, you know, that was a big changing point in my life. And having CrossFit was like, a, it, it kind of saved my life in a way because it was like a whole new community of people. Mm-hmm. It was an outlet for my stress. It was like, it was just, it came into my life at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
So there I was like single mom. I had been working as a stylist and it was also 2008, right? It was the economy crashed, right. everything changed. And I, I couldn't do the styling thing because I had been traveling all the time. I'd been traveling all over the world. And there I had these two kids. I just couldn't. So I wound up getting a job at a biotech company that my dad um, was the CEO of. He's like, they just had this new CEO. We needed an assistant. Just come and work here. So I was like, okay, so career change, you yeah, know, massive. life change. Like, well, that was definitely like a big changing point for me. Like total, you know, just like I was a stylist, I was a wife and now I'm, you know, single mom and I'm yeah. an executive assistant. And, but you know, you, you just like do it and move forward. Um, yeah. And I, so fast forward, you know, a few years, um, I got more and more into CrossFit and I started competing at like age 45. And then I, I kind of like, that was the point where I started to identify myself as an athlete, which was like mm -hmm. a new thing for me. Yeah. Um, and wound up getting more and more into the competing thing. Um, kids were getting a little older. And then by the time I was 50, um I that was the first year I made it to the CrossFit games so oh, wow. at 50 I had been working as an executive assistant kind of that whole time I went wow. from um I did a little bit more styling I did I had a corporate styling gig for the Jimboree Corporation um but then I worked for another tech I worked for Pandora for a while as an executive assistant and then I worked for another tech company Intercom right when I turned 50, I started working at intercom as an executive assistant. And I was, that was the first year I qualified for the CrossFit games. Um, and now when I think back, I don't even know how I did it. I was like commuting into San Francisco from Oakland training. I would, you know, work all day. Like all I was doing was like kids training and work like that, like mm -hmm. no friends, no dating, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, all of that, I mean, just like driving into the city, I know can be, I mean, I've I was taking BART, I would oh, take, you know, drive to the BART, awesome. like yeah. take BART or the bus and then to go straight to the gym, get my kid. Like it was. Well, like, and you're not just doing like a 45 minute workout. I mean, if at that level, if you're like qualifying for the CrossFit games. Yeah, like, it was like crazy. I was just work. like, you know, <laughs> super focused, like. And I think maybe I work best that way. Like when you get like tunnel vision and you're like, this is all I'm doing these things and you know, that's it. And, um, you know, my kids probably did not like it. You know, if you ask them, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, not their favorite years probably, but anyways, um, so I went to the CrossFit games in 2017 and I met, um, who the man who became my second husband, Shannon, we met at the CrossFit games and, um, he was an athlete also. And we met and like, I was like, you know, head down, I'm here to compete. I'm not talking to anybody. And he, we just kept talking and talking and, and he ended up like, you know, stalking me on Instagram. And we, ended up <laughs> anyways, he ended up moving. He was living in Pensacola, Florida. He moved to Oakland to be with me, sold his, his house and moved uh -huh. to be with me. And we were just like in love. And you know, I was looking back, it happened super fast, but I had been, I mean, I had dated a little bit, but I've been single for a long time and really wanted a partner again. Mm -hmm. And I, so I met this man who like CrossFit was such a big part of my life and he got that. And so we really like yeah. connected on that level, but didn't really know each other at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I definitely was like, I don't think you should sell your house, but he's like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. And so he moved in and, um, it was great for a while, but it was hard when my kids, um, you know, now looking back, it's like, okay, here's this guy. He's going to be my husband. Not that he's going to be your dad, but he's moving in. Yeah. It's another person, personality, all the things. And at that point I quit, I had quit my corporate job and I decided to go out on my own and be a coach. I had started coaching, um, in my, I had like a garage, um, that I'm turned into a gym on, I had a big house and a, you know, nice size land a lot. So I, I had started coaching some women in the neighborhood and I decided to just go all in and like quit my job and do the coaching thing. Nice. So, yeah. So that was another like huge pivot, right? Like yeah. total identity change. Now I'm like, you know, not an executive assistant anymore. I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. And that took a big, like I had, you know, the total imposter syndrome, like stepping into that role, feeling confident, you know, that I can, you know, that I'm qualified to share all of my experience and knowledge and actually like coach people and lead people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I, that comes along with the too, is like, then there's also the business side of, of it that I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize with self-employed people that you're not just, you know, putting yourself out there as like an expert in your field or whatever type of business you have, there's also the act of running a business and all of the back end things that nobody sees in order to make your business of one successful and be able to put food on your table and do everything to market and sell and all of that. So that's a like huge undertaking. It's a lot. I mean, it was a big shift. I mean, I think my years working as a freelance stylist definitely um, you know, all of that connected, right. Everything is connected. Everything you do leads to the next thing. So having that experience of, um, being a freelance, you know, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, first of all, like having to put myself out there and do some yeah. marketing and like cold call people. So that, you know, that definitely helped, but it was a big, yeah, it was a big shift. And so by this point too, like my kids were in a different stage in their life. My older daughter had just left for college she um, moved down to Long Beach. She was going to um, Long Beach Community College. Um, so one kid out of the house, my other daughter was um, a junior in high school by this point. So there was the beginning of that, like it was a different relationship with my kids being older. Um, and yeah, so there was like, let's see, that was 2018. Um we, Shannon and I, we never were legally married, but we had like a wedding, um, you know, oh, exchange uh-huh. vows in 2019, I think, I'm trying to think. Um, and then pandemic, right? That happened. Oh. <laughs> so when was that? 2020? 2020? It's been almost three years. Yeah. Just mind blowing. And me. again, huge, just global change, right? Right. Um, yeah. My older daughter came home, came back to live with us and we're all stuck at home together. Shannon and I, our relationship started to crumble a little bit. There were some issues that started to surface and basically like realizing that there were just some different cultural things that like, I, you know, I didn't even know just some values that I never even thought were really important to me just really started to become like 
evident. And um, so that was like starting to surface and the stress of the pandemic and being, I mean, I had both my kids with me, which I was like in heaven. And he was like, this was like, what we know what's going on. Right. I I thought, you know, I signed up to be with you, not with these other two women. Yeah, and they're both very, you know, strong, independent, powerful young women. Um, so I had, you know, wanted to sell my house from the time I had my first divorce. Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends is a realtor. And I would always go to her, Deidre, and I'd be like, Deidre, you know, I want to sell. She's like, no, don't sell your house. It's not a good time. And then all of a sudden it was like, yes, this is <laughs> right. <laughs> now's the time, right? It was like 20 21 and uh-huh. real estate market was, was like crazy. insane. Yeah. And I had held on to the house all these years and it was like, okay, let's do it. But I didn't know where I wanted to live. Yeah. And um, my older daughter at this point had um, transferred to, she came back, had come back to stay with us. She finished her two years at community college and she got into UC Santa Barbara. So she was in Santa Barbara and my younger daughter was going to go down there to go to Santa Barbara Community College. She wanted to be in Santa Barbara too. So I was thinking Central Coast. We couldn't find any place. So I kind of like scrapped the idea of selling the house. And then it was Thanksgiving two years ago. And um, well, right before Thanksgiving, um, one of my mom's best friends passed away and she had been like an aunt to me. And she left my mom her estate. She, my mom was next of kin and there was this condo in Palm Springs and, um, my mom didn't want it, was going to sell it. And I, so Shannon and I came down to Palm Springs and saw this place and I just kind of fell in love with it. It's just, um, interesting. so I ended up selling my house and buying the condo from my mom. That's how I got to Palm Springs. So if you had asked me, right, like, yeah. You know, I never, I'm not a desert person. I'm an oak beach person. You know, I, I need the water. My house in Oakland, like had a view of the water. Like that's like, and my, I had lived there for 25 years. My, all my family was there, all my friends, my whole community. Like it was such a huge departure and shift and like 360, like I, you know, then we moved to Palm Springs and there we were in Palm Springs, like totally starting over. I knew that we didn't know anyone. It was me and Shannon and there was a little CrossFit gym here that I, we joined. Um, and I started, you know, making my business. I mean, my business by then had been online mostly, especially through the pandemic. I started coaching online. I was running like online workshops and, Mm -hmm. um, actually the pandemic was actually really great for my business because everyone got this like light bulb, like, Oh, we can do this remotely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I think that that's what was so crazy. I mean, at the time, I was going to a cycle studio in downtown and I loved it. I was, I, I started going because, um, my old job, I worked at, at Intel and I started going cause some of my friends had mentioned, Oh, Hey, there's this new cycle studio. You should go and come with us. Like they're having this like soft opening. So I went and I was like, okay, you know, I'd never really loved cycling that much. I wasn't a big spin class aficionado. Um, and then I ran into this girl that I had known for years at work there. And I was like, she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I live like right over 
the bridge. I was like, what are you doing here? She's like, this is my husband's place. And I was like, oh my God, how, what a small world. Yeah. And so I bought a package and I was like, well, I've spent my money on this. I might as well go. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I loved the type of class it was. I loved the metrics mm -hmm. that were there. I loved that it was really because of those metrics. I knew where, what I had done the time prior. So it was always just like me versus me. But yeah. then there was some other girls in the class who were pretty good. So I would kind of set my sights on them and be like, I want to be, I want to beat them. Yeah. Um, and so it got to a point where I was one of the top women in the class and it was super fun. Um, but then, you know, COVID. And so then I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like I, I have like not even a dumbbell sitting around. Right. Us, Everyone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> so know. I know the online thing just exploded and thankfully he ended up letting a bunch of us rent the bikes and oh, bring cool. We were doing yeah, a lot of gyms did that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're all thinking this is what, like two weeks. Right. Maybe. Right. Um, yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. yeah. When it first started, I, um, one of my classes that I had been teaching in person was, I call it my grandmaster's class. It's at, they're like my experienced athletes, you know, they're like average age is like 60 and they were the first ones that came to me and they're like, Hey, can we do this on the computer? <laughs> like no one knew about zoom at that point. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. They were awesome. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I had been, um, you know, developing my business online by then. So for me, you know, moving down here, I knew I could continue and it was great. Um, and, but you know, there were like, our relationship was rocky at that point. And, um, so, but also another big shift for me as far as my identity and my life was that I my kids were now both out of the house right so now it was this empty nest stage of life which yeah. is like another huge identity crisis that like it was just really big for me and I didn't even like in the beginning I mean I remember you know first there's the first daughter that leaves and then when Ruby left like I just it was like this hole like I just it was really hard. And I don't even think I realized how much it was going to affect me. And now, you know, talking to other friends that I have that are like going through this or have gone through it, it's like, it's a really big shift as yeah. a woman, as a mom, where you're like, before you're a mom, or for me anyways, it was like, you know, you're, you identify, you have your life, you know, your own things you worry about. And then you have these kids, right. And that becomes your whole life. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's just what I did for 20 years. Right. Yeah. I was a mom. And then to have that gone and like shift and it's like, Oh my God, what, you know, what next? And then, then it starts to be like, Oh, there's a little bit of light. Like, Oh, actually everything opens up. And it's like, I can, you know, I don't have to worry about these other people mm -hmm. as much, or in a different way. Right. right. Sure. So it was just, that was a really big shift, like being empty nest and then being in a completely different place where I don't have my community and my family and my friends. And so unfortunately our relationship, like it just couldn't, it, it, it didn't work here and it wasn't working. Um, so we broke up and that was hard, sad, um, rough. And he left and it was mostly my decision. Like I, and so that was just, it was just really hard. Um, yeah, I was reading to someone yesterday. We were recording actually a podcast, and I, and I had said how you know, I, I don't have regrets about getting divorced, but 
the only thing that still gets me moments, you know, to this day is like the, the hurt that my ex felt. And I hate yeah. being responsible for that. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. It's really painful. Yeah. It's I mean, like, you know, it was like the best move for both of us. It still is like, you never want to hurt anybody. No. And it's like, it's like a death, you know, divorce. I felt like, ugh, like it's just, it was the end of that. And I, you know, I, when I met him, I really thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with him and that I like, so that was just like, oh, and then there I was in Palm Springs, like away from everyone. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know if I would have moved here by myself. Oh, uh-huh. Luckily, thank great spirit for, I met, I, through the CrossFit gym, I connected with a couple of women, my friend Ryan, who lives like around the corner for me and my other friend Alma and having those two girlfriends, like they saved my life. I mean, I, it was June in Palm Springs. I I wasn't planning on living here this summer. I survived. I mean, we like us three, like had one of the other had gone, just gone through a breakup. Like we just bonded and like connected. And like, I feel like that that has happened to me before with my other divorce too. This meeting of those new female friends, it's friends. I'm Katie, you know, friends I'm still friends with today. Like that was like a lifesaver. Um, and just kind of carving out my identity again, like now, you know, here I am in the middle of my life. Um, I'm still a mom, but that's not my main, you know, identity. I'm trying to figure, I, I kind of, in my head, I was like done being a competitive athlete. Like, am I even an athlete anymore? just like a total identity crisis. And I was like, okay, I need to start talking to someone. I went back into therapy and it was this real like um, time of just deep self-reflection. And I almost feel like the universe just put me here in Palm Springs for this like purpose, because it's this very healing place and it's very like calm here. And Uh I spent a lot of time alone, just journaling and meditating and tapping into my own inner wisdom and I got to this point where like, I was like, I'm good. You know, I'm, I love my life. I have so much to be grateful for. I'm okay. Like it's, everything is yeah. fine. And my I therapist love hearing is like- that. Cause it's so, <laughs> it's funny because it's one of those, I feel like it's a theme like that. That's, what's been so neat about this podcast and having these conversations with different people is there's just this undercurrent of self-awareness and this desire to get to know ourselves better and, Mm -hmm. and figure out, you know, what works for us. But then the gratitude piece of it that comes along with that. And it's been just interesting. It's so interesting because every conversation is different. Every topic is different. Every story is different, but there's just this undercurrent, which I don't know if I put that out there because that was kind of what got me here um, Mm -hmm. with my own journey, especially through the course of this year was just really self-awareness focused, but that's really neat that you feel like, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe it's also just kind of what's happening globally with, you know, what's been going on in the world the past couple of years, but Mm -hmm. this forced, like we all had to slow down, right. We just couldn't do things the way we were doing. And we're all like addicted to this go, go, go hustle, grind. Like we have to be on this like treadmill of just like more, more, more. And mm-hmm. I think just having this, like, uh, you know, suddenly it's like, everyone's just be like, wait, pause. Like we need to just yeah. like, stop. Totally. <laughs> and, you know, I think I've, what I've realized is maybe it's just getting older or, or what's happening in the world, but like, you know, more isn't always better. And, mm-hmm. you know, doing things faster isn't always the best way 
And I, I, you know, now in like my work with, with women, um, I feel like my job is to just like support people in helping them connect with themselves, just like taking the time to like, just get in touch with your own inner strength, because there's always this place inside of us that is calm and focused and strong. It's like, we just have to access it Mm -hmm. and it's always there for us. So that's been a big theme for me. Um, and so, yeah, you know, are you doing the coaching full time? Yeah. So that's what I do. Um, I, another thing I started when I got here, I had always had this vision of, um, and maybe this happened in the beginning of the pandemic, but especially when I first got here, I was like, I had this vision of like, how cool would it be to just like have all your friends, all these cool women that, you know, get together in a really beautiful place and just be able to like work out, eat good food, you know, connect, inspire each other. So I started hosting women's wellness retreats and I hosted my first one, um, in October of 2021. Um, it was actually my birthday week and I was turning 55 and, um, since then I've hosted two more and they've been like, this just amazing like experience. And it was, it, it's been like a realization of a vision for me, but mm-hmm. bringing together women and just taking time to just like reset and recharge and literally just like take time for yourselves and move and breathe and have nutritious food and, you know, practice some mindfulness and go get stretched out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like we get into nature, we hike, we meditate, we work out. How many days so, long are the retreats? Um, they're three days. Um, so actually the first three, there was an option to stay an extra night, four days and three nights. But the next one I'm doing is, um, it's going to be in February, the beginning of February and it's, um, three nights. So yeah. So you get there Thursday night and then you have Friday and Saturday. Um, so that's been really cool folks to like do workshops and stuff. Um, I, the first time I did, I, yeah, so I have, and I don't know, there may be some act. Yeah. I bring in some experts. Um, I, it's mostly me. I mean, I teach yoga and I do the fitness thing and we do the hiking and then I have someone do the food. My daughter actually did the food last time, which was amazing. Ruby. She's an incredible chef. Um, but we do breath work and we do the ice bath thing. I mean, it's a big uh-huh. thing too. Um, yeah, I did one. Um, I think it, I don't know if it was my first time, but if it wasn't my first time, it was my first time in a long time. One of my girlfriends, they, her husband is super into, you know, sauna and ice bath yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, he has his little garage gym and he was working oh, cool. out when we got back from a, wa- a walk and it was, I was like, oh, you're dialed in and he was going <laughs> yeah. for it. So she had invited me to come over and she's like, let's go for a walk and then we can sit in the sauna and then do an ice bath. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It's, and and it's another thing that's like, it's so scary. The ice, like we're all freaked out about it. And then you get in and it like, you feel so incredible when you get out because you've like overcome this fear. Plus there's all this physiological benefits that you gain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that wasn't yeah. so bad. It's just it's getting it. Right. It's like, just cold. Right? You're not going to die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're not going to die. You're going to be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just, um, I'm doing the coaching full time. Um, and I also started competing again, which kind of happened like, Oh, good. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was saying yeah. you kind of like skated by this whole, like, <laughs> Oh, I'm a master's CrossFit athlete. Like, wait a minute. Like that. Yeah. So I, I ended up right. So 2017 was my first time going to the CrossFit games. I went back 2018 and 2019 Shannon and I went together. He went also in 2018. Then I went in 2019, 2020, it got canceled. 2021. I took a break. 
And then 2022, I went back again. I qualified. Now tell me so, how many, like how many athletes participate to be scaled down for how many athletes are actually there? Yeah. So the qualifying, the process of qualifying for the CrossFit games is a, a very long, arduous journey. And it begins with what's called the CrossFit open, which yep. is a, a worldwide competition that everyone all over the world does. And you do it in your own gym, wherever you are. And it's now the way they do it is it's three weeks. It's one workout a week and you do it in your gym and then you submit your score to an online leaderboard. Got it. So from the worldwide open, there's age divisions. Mm -hmm. um, And in each age division, the top 10% move on to uh, what's called the quarterfinals. So it's, and it's changed every year. This is the way they do it now. It used to just Mm -hmm. be like the one more round of qualifying. So anyways, from the open, in my age division, um, there were 3000 roughly. So that then the next 300 move on to oh the quarterfinals. And then at the court, the quarterfinals is like another weekend of four workouts or whatever. And there's like w- submission windows of certain times, like if you did submit sec- first w- workout by a certain time and so on, okay. and the workouts get harder, you know, more yeah. skilled and harder. So, and then the top 30 from the quarterfinals move on to the semifinals, Okay. another six weeks or whatever, and they're harder again. And then from the semifinals, and this time you have to video the workouts and submit them by certain times. So the semifinals, the top 10 go on to the finals, which is the CrossFit games. Whoa. Okay. So it's really hard to qualify. It's like, it's very, um, it's, you know physically hard, mentally hard, the whole thing. So it's, it takes a long, it's a long process. Uh-huh. Um, you are yeah. amazing then. <laughs> Thank you. Or, yeah, or slightly crazy one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did it again and this year it was amazing. I ended up, um, placing fifth in the CrossFit games in my age group. Um, and I had been doing it like, you know, I wasn't planning on competing and then I had done the open and I did okay. And I was like, okay, I'll move on to the quarterfinals and I missed this submission window for one of the scores. So I was like, I thought I was out and then I managed to like squeak in and then I made it, you know, to, and by then I was like, okay, I better like start training. Like I got to like get my head in gear and I still didn't really have a coach. And then I started like the girl who young woman who owns the CrossFit gym here in Palm Springs. I started like working with her and then I wound up connecting with um, this coach Sage Bergner, who is, She's an amazing kind of legendary young coach. Her father is Mike Bergner. So she comes from this oh, lineage. Oh, I recognize that name. Yeah. Yeah. So she is now my coach. Um, and I see her, um, I try to train with her in person about once a week. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still competing. I'm planning to actually, I'm scheduled to compete at the uh, Mas- Legends Masters Competition in Cookville, Tennessee, the first weekend in December. And then I'm doing Wadapalooza, which is in January in Miami. And then it's the qualifying nice. process. So January, through. nice and warm. Although yeah, yeah. And are, then so. the Open starts up in February. So the whole process starts again for qualifying okay. for the game. So yeah, I'm still doing that. So yeah, so I'm still... I still identify as an athlete. I still identify as a mom. Um, I'm no longer a wife, but I do have a boyfriend. (laughs) So I, when I went back into therapy, um, my therapist was like, you need to, you need to get online and meet someone. And I was kind of like, I know I'm good. I'm fine. Totally content with my life. I don't want to 
do the online thing. I, ugh. She's like, you're never going to meet anyone in Palm Springs. Just put yourself out there. So I did. And I met, I literally was like on, I went on hinge for like a minute and mm-hmm. I chatted with one person and I chatted with this other guy and I like said hi to him. And and then I forgot about it. And he was like, messaged me back. Hey, do you want to talk? Are you interested in communicating? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I guess so. So we just had our one year anniversary. Um, oh, yeah. And so again, it's like, here I am. I never thought, I mean, after my second divorce, I just was like, I'm fine if I'm single. I don't like, I don't even, I didn't expect at 56 to meet some, I mean, not that I'm old, but like, I just, yeah, I didn't expect to have that again in my life. And so I'm so grateful. Like, um, it's just, I was just thinking about it today. It's just like, here I am again now in this point in my life where, you know, it's this middle age point where you're looking at the net kind of maybe the the final chapter. I don't know if I'm there yet. I can't even say that, but it's like, how do I want to live the next part of my life? Right. Like, um, maybe it's like my parents, right. My parents are almost 80. So they're looking at the end, but I'm like in the middle and it's Uh like, okay, from here on out, right. What, what's it going to be? And, um, so now I'm like going between, I spend my time in Palm Springs and then my boyfriend lives in Costa Mesa. So we have this great, you know, I can be at the beach or in the desert, which is amazing. Um, and my kids are, you know, they're in their twenties and they're figuring it out, but it's like, they're still coming home. My older daughter is actually going to come and move back in with us for a while and kind of get re-centered again. And my younger daughter is trying to find her way. So I don't know. It's like, I almost feel like it's just, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be here. Like I, I'm grateful. I have my health and my, you know, my, I have love in my life and I have my kids and it's like, I just didn't, I never expected, it's just like, I can't even believe, you know, I never thought I would be here. If you knew me, you know, when we were 20 in my twenties, you probably wouldn't be surprised that this is my life now, but it's just huh. not what I thought. Like it just, it's well, turned out. <laughs> and I lo- That's why, you know, that's why I, you know, I was telling you before we started recording how I, I love these conversations because they're, it's so, it's so normal for somebody to just be like on this path this is my life this is what i'm doing and you have this very clear path that you can look ahead and see like two years five years ten years and then all of a sudden something changes whether you chose to make the change or whether the change happened and you woke up and you're like oh shit now we have to deal with this and now you know it's like that pivot where you're like okay i thought i was on this road and now i'm on this road and what does that look like how do i have to like redefine myself and you've had like multiple iterations yeah going on over the past what since like you said it was around 2008 that you decided to get divorced yeah that's just like it's so neat to see how you know you were comfortable making some like really big career shifts and then getting straight up moving from the place you'd live for a huge portion of your life. Um, but then to see like where you are right now with all this gratitude, with all this happiness, with, you know, truly looking at what it is that you have, you know, I, one of the things that I try to do with my own, you know, gratitude for the life that I have is, you know, remind myself that, you know, everybody has their struggles, but that also somebody could be looking at me and being like, wow, I wish I had that. 
So I, I try to always put myself in check and put that into perspective when I'm frustrated, not to negate the fact that like, of course I'm going to have frustrations and that they're no less than anyone else's. Um, but that, you know, Hey, like, let's look at the big picture and see what's going on. And is this like up speed bump or is this truly a mountain? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, my boyfriend is, he has a very, um, regular and very inspiring, um, meditation practice. He's really into like all that stuff. And, um, he's, he just reminds me sometimes, yeah, just like about like, it's like, all we have is the present, you know, really. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah. So just to be in the present and, Mm -hmm. and, and have that gratitude and, and thankfulness and, and just try not to get to like future planning. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's one thing to have a plan and a goal and obviously to strive and to move forward and try to achieve things. But like, we get so caught up in like, what's going to happen and yeah. all the things that are out of our control that like, it's, yeah, that's funny. I was just going to say yeah. trying to control everything. And yeah. I always remind myself, like the only thing that I can control, the only thing that I control is literally me right here in this moment. Right. right Right. Like everything else, even though I know like what my day most likely is going to look like for the rest of the day. And will that probably happen? Sure. But like, I still can only control me right here, right now. Yeah. My yeah. your effort and your attitude. That's what I always come back to. It's like, I want to bring my best effort and my best attitude. And it's like, for me, I know, and I think it's true for everyone. It's like, I feel like my job is to stay positive leaning. Like we have this natural tendency to worry Mm-hmm. about and have have you know this fear about the unknown and it's like what it, it's it's unknown like we, it hasn't even happened we don't even know yeah. it's like but we that's automatically where we go so you know if we take that amount of energy into manifesting and like focusing on the good and the positive and what the best possible outcome that could happen mm-hmm. like how amazing is that i mean i'm a firm believer in that we create our own reality and our thoughts are you know create so our reality powerful. and so what we put your energy and attention to becomes more. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think that's where I, where my feel like my work is now is to just like trying to visualize and, you know, and create into the positive reality that I want for the rest of my life and for everyone around me and everyone I work with. It's, mm-hmm. that's kind of, my mission, I guess, right now. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I saw I read something the other day and it said, um, you know, if you sit and spend time worrying about something that hasn't happened yet and then it does happen, you've essentially put yourself through that twice. Right. Because right put yourself through worrying, is this going to happen? And then when it does happen, you have to deal with it. So it's like, you're dealing with it twice instead of just like trying to focus on positive things or not worry about something that hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, paying attention to what we say to ourselves, oh, you know, gosh, our self-talk, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because we're, ourselves are listening. So totally. Like, yeah. You, know, you want to, like, I, I always kind of remind myself and I say this to my kids and everyone, it's like, saying you know you don't want to say anything that you would wouldn't say to a friend to yes yourself. like why do we you know why don't we treat ourselves like we would treat our best friends it's just totally women right um oh my gosh I mean I've yeah. said this before it's like you I think about some of the things that I've said to myself and I'm like whoa 
like, would I say that to any other woman in my life? Absolutely not ever in a million years. So why would I, you know, say something that horrible for myself? You know, yeah, I was telling you, and we, I, uh, last night I went to, um, a friend of mine was celebrating her 40th birthday. It was Mm an amazing, great party at the Ace Hotel here in Palm Springs. And I'm thinking back to, you know, for me, like 40 was such a pivotal point in my life. In a way, I feel like life began at 40. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to think I was telling her that it's like, there's so much, you have so much ahead of so you. Much. So amazing. Yes. Like you can't imagine that now, but, and I think of that, you know, where I'm at in my life now, like how much more great, amazing stuff can happen. Like it's, it's uh-huh. kind of mind boggling if you think about that, but also like, I think coming to that realization where um, I feel so much more at ease and comfortable in myself and in my body and like who I am as a person, as I get older, like, having gone through all of these iterations and these, you know, pivots and new identities, it's like, okay, every Mm -hmm. time it's like, well, I'm more comfortable now, you know, than I was at 40 or even at 45 or. Yeah. um, I think that's so great. I mean, it's, I always laugh. So at my company, I I'm definitely in the older crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really smart, really talented people in their 30s that I get to work with on a regular basis. Yeah. But I do laugh at times because, you know, somebody will make a comment like, oh, my God, I'm turning 33. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, yes. And what, what, what do you mean by that? And then when, you know, I have other friends who are a little, just a little bit younger and they're getting into their 40s. And I'm like, I promise you, your 40s are amazing. Like, they're yes. just so fun. Yes. They are, yes. Get to this level of comfort within yourself, of self-awareness, and things are just good. But I also think that it does boil down to you know, what, where are we, what perspective are we looking at things from? You know, uh, one of the things that my boss and I talk about a lot is like scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset plays into business. And I mean, it plays, certainly Mm -hmm. plays into personal, it plays into everything, but, um, you know, even just like looking at, at life like that. And just, I mean, I love the abundance, the scarcity and abundance for sure. I mean, just even just having the coming from the standpoint that there's like enough for all of us, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think women as women and in business, you know, there's like this, the scarcity mindset is like, well, you know, there's not, I, I don't know, just like the getting into that competitive kind of like thing that happens in the corporate world where, Hey, it's okay. We can all like rise up together. Like we can all be better. We can all, you know, move ahead. We can all climb this ladder together and we can lift each other up as we go. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, you said a few minutes ago how you, you're looking ahead and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many other things that I know I'm going to get to experience. And I think that that's one of the, I've now got to a point because I am, I like to say I'm a recovering control freak where <laughs> I, you know, used to want to try and I tried to control everything, control, and, and it just set me up for failure after failure because it's just impossible to do. Right. So now I more look at the unknown as such a fascinating, like magical place. Cause I'm like, yes. what's going to happen? Like, that's so exciting to me. Like what, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the next day? I, I know some things, but I don't know some other things and I'm, I'm can't wait to find out. Yeah. And yeah, being open to being vulnerable. Right. And just like letting yourself yeah. fail maybe, or, yeah. you know, mess up. <laughs> and that's where the learning comes from and the growth. 
Yeah. Well, I think in being vulnerable too, I feel like that's such a word that's being used more comfortably yes. positively yeah. lately. Yeah. Um, I think it used to be kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, so vulnerable. But it's like now it's almost like without vulnerability, I feel like relationships just are so surface and they're just not worth it. Um, and whether it's with a friend or even in business at times, you, you there's a necessary there's a necessary element of vulnerability to making certain deals or to having conversations with employees or, you know, I, I, I have a team of 15 people and I try really hard mm -hmm. to share, you know, my failures or my concerns or, you know, my insecurities yeah. on different topics with them at times. Cause I'm just like, Hey, like, look, I'm worried about this too. And if, and here maybe it's to better help you guys understand why I'm pushing so hard on this or why I'm so focused on this end goal. Like here are the reasons why, here are the things that I'm being talked to about, whether right. it's budgetary or strategy or, you know, long-term. And then I think it helps them recognize like, oh, okay, you know, you, you're doing all these things because of like all of this and, and it's really to better us all in the end. Even yeah, and it makes you I'm like relatable and like that totally. you can have that human connection, like you're human too, like, yeah, mm -hmm. like you, have things you worry about and well, exactly the human piece like I, my dad has said my, my whole life like you know when talking about anybody whether it's like a celebrity or an athlete or just somebody that you maybe were intimidated by like he's always said hey you know they put their pants on one leg at a time just like you do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like you know that's that's true <laughs> yeah and I think it's you know it's that like the, having the growth mindset of um mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about myself and my journey, my fitness journey, my life journey, like just um, the fact that there's always room for growth, like that yeah. there's always room for change and there's always new possibility um, that just keeps me going, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just attracted to people who have that too, who like want to grow and to try to find the new possibilities and mm -hmm. a different outcome that you didn't know was going to, you know, be possible before. Um, so yeah. that's, yeah, that's exciting to me. <laughs> Super exciting. The possibilities. Yeah. There are so many and, and, you know, like yeah. you said, being open to those and, but then it also, there's an element of work, right? There's an element, there's a cost sure. to everything. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the work, um, you know, I guess I probably have a really strong work ethic and, um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you can, you can visualize a manifest and the law of attraction is all groovy, but yeah, you have to put your head down and do the work. There's no getting around that. Right? <laughs> you have to take the action. You have to have the follow through. You do have to have the focus. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want something to happen, you, you know, you got to do the work. There's, mm -hmm. there's no free ride. Unfortunately. No, I mean, it's so wild. <laughs> like I came across this, um, Instagram page of some fitness gal I don't know what I would I would call her an athlete based on the some of the like exercises she was videoing and showing on there and I just thought holy shit like the amount of work that you have to put in to be where you can do that and make it look easy because then you know I naturally right. am like well like what I wonder what that would feel like you know so I like get down on the floor or do whatever and I'm like oh that's how that feels like impossible <laughs> well impossible. it's like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, people are coming to me like, oh my God, what do you do? I want to, you know, I want to have abs. Like, I'm like, well, do you really, I mean, do you really want, I mean, there's a, there's just, it's like, how much do you want to do? Right. Most people don't want to do the work. They don't really want to, you know, be, um, 
as diligent or focused or, Mm -hmm. but there's also, you know, you can start where you are. Like I, I started where I was, you know, and when I first started, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do anything. I didn't, I'd never touched a barbell. I couldn't jump rope. I couldn't run. I mean, I I couldn't Mm -hmm. do anything. I wasn't like, like, I didn't come from a competitive athletic background. So, you know, you can, I think anything is possible if you put your mind to it and you have the desire, it's like claiming that desire, then it's like, okay, then, um, once you get on the path, anything is possible if you want to, I think. Yeah. I think that there is so much untapped willpower within all of us. And it's so easy to say, oh, I could never do that. Or it's so easy to, you know, we're in this, we're in this world where everybody wants that instant gratification and everybody wants like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, but I want to lose it overnight. Or I want to be a millionaire, but I want to do it in a month's time and working from my bedroom and never having to touch another human being or talk to another human being. It's like, okay, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not how it works. Um, so being, you know, having that willpower and, and and the things that you feel like you can accomplish mm-hmm. are they change over time. Um, yeah. I am on day seventy three of the seventy five hard challenge. Oh yeah, that yeah. And okay, it's been. Um, My daughter was doing that for a while. Yeah. So yeah. you're reading, what is it you read? Yeah, so you're reading, you... you're doing two workouts a day. One has to be outside, but they're each 45 minutes. Yeah, um, that's intense. And then following a diet. So I like that it's very open-ended because, you know, you can choose what Whatever works. Whatever you, you, right, right. Yeah. Um, so I've just been doing like no refined sugar and, um, and I've been really focusing on protein, which has been yes. a game changer for me. Yes. Not Good. that I ever didn't eat a lot of protein, but most the- people, especially women, under eat protein, in my opinion. Exactly. And the way that I have focused on it so much, it's like now I get to a point in the day where I'm hungry and I'm like, I need protein. And I, and it's now I'm like, yeah, protein <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then there's the, you know, no alcohol. So I had heard about this challenge for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And I always said, oh, I would never do that because there's no way I'd ever go 75 days without drinking. And not- oh, So how do you feel? How's it been? I mean, I feel phenomenal. I bet, yeah. It's funny because that's probably been the easiest part of it, which I had originally, I had, even when I started it, I thought that was going to be the hardest part of it. Mm. And I've had a couple of days where I've been like, man, I would love a drink right now. <laughs> but then I just go and do something else. And then, you know, that it gets late enough in the day where I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to bed in two hours anyway. So I'm fine. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Um, but I will, you know, I'm going, you know, on Tuesday when this all wraps up and then I, you know, I haven't, I, I've talked about it to a handful of people, but I haven't like shared it on Instagram or really talked too much about it outside of yeah. just a few people who know I'm doing it. But I am like, you should try this. It's such a cool. Good for you. That's great. I mean, that's yeah. a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Thanks. And I did one of those, um, uh, body composition scans. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And then I have yeah. another one lined up on Wednesday. Oh, interesting. That'll be interesting. So I can't yeah. wait to see the results from that. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I'd be curious to see. Yeah. I finally saw physical change on like, probably not till like week seven and a half. Mm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't have, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds or anything to lose. Um, right. But I did, I have seen changes in just my body composition. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. I'm really interested to see like my body fat percentage and my lean muscle mass, like how those shifted over. Right, the- right. Yeah. I mean, just no, no sugar, no alcohol and um, more protein is bound to make a difference and doing and all, all the water. You have to drink a gallon of water a day. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh my that alone. God. No, that's, yeah, that's great. 
Last night, I literally, it was eight o'clock and I still had half a gallon to drink. So thankfully I had a lot, (laughs) I know. Um, and I had a few things for work that I needed to do. So I just, okay, "Okay, I'm going to sit down in front of this computer and I'm going to like hydrate, 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 pound another bottle. Oh gosh. But that's one (laughs) habit I do want to keep up with because I feel like in is clearer and brighter. And- oh, I bet. Yeah. Water alone, just staying hydrated, especially like living here in the desert. I'm I've become like, yeah, water fanatic. It's so important. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, is there any, I mean, I feel like you've shared so much and I feel like your story is going to be really inspirational to people because oh. I think a fear, I mean, I know I certainly had it when, when I um, finally woke up one day and had the courage to decide that Intel was no longer the right fit for me and it was time to go out and look for another job. But that was like a really big, you know, I was like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? I've been in this company for almost 12 years and it's it's provided me a wonderful life and I've got to do all of these things. But like professionally, I was so unfulfilled. And so having that courage to go out and try and put myself out there and do all those things. And I feel like you've done that so many different times where you like, you've made a career out of, you know, just making yourself uncomfortable to ultimately get happy. Get myself into the fire. Yeah, but it's so inspiring. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I think about, about, you know, what would I tell my younger self is um, just trust yourself. You know, like anytime that I have not listened to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. not like listen to my own intuition, Mm -hmm. I've like kicked myself later. Like your intuition never lies. And I think like, to just trust yourself and and make a point of taking time to listen to yourself mm-hmm. is really like I think that's the main takeaway that I've taken away from all of my experience. And that, that. you know, it's it's like the universe has your back too. Mm-hmm. I think the more you can put out into the universe what it is that you desire, mm-hmm. the more it will come back to you. So yeah. it's just that thing of like, you know the more things you're grateful for, the more things you have to be grateful for and just yeah. really trusting yourself and you'll, Definitely. you know, you can't go wrong. Uh, oh, yeah. I like that. I'm going <laughs> to think about that probably for the rest of the day. That's a good thing. <laughs> but it's so true. It's like, you have to sometimes just sit in the silence and yeah. just kind of see, like, put your phone down, sit yeah. in the silence or go for a walk without your phone and just kind of just chill and see. Yeah. Oh, the whole phone thing. I mean, my younger daughter is actually really good about that. Like I give her a hard time sometimes because I'll like, I'll text her and she just doesn't text me. She's like, yeah, I have a hard time like picking up my phone. I'm like, it's actually a good thing, you know? And when, she, yeah. when she's with you, she's with you. And it's like, it's such a good reminder to uh, like when we're with each other, like, yeah, yeah. just like, put down the damn phone. <laughs> no, it is. It is funny because I, I try to do that as well. Like when I'm with somebody like, oh, I'm terrible. I'm the worst. I'm, I need to, yeah. And being, you know, having an online business and being an entrepreneur, I'm like, oh, I'm like hooked to my phone. It's just like, oh. right. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's like, it's, and it's like, it's okay to not always have to immediately respond to somebody. Right. So yeah. many people feel like they have to. And it's like, no, it's okay. If you get a text at seven 30 at night and then it's business related to not respond till the next morning, like, right. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. but I know that it can be tough. So, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. Thanks so for yeah, to talk talking to, you. to me. Yeah. It's great to meet you. <laughs> you too. You too. Well, um, since you are an online entrepreneur and helping women, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. On my website, leccafineman.com is a great place. Um, Instagram, um, at leccafineman. Those are the main places. 
Perfect. All right. Well, I will certainly tag you in those when I publish this. And everybody, as you know, thank you always for listening. Thank you for being a part of this community that we're growing here. And you can always find me at round two podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And you can reach out to me at round two podcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much. Have a great Monday. Go crush the week and we will talk to you soon.